coming up on Locked on Dodgers. After a long, exhausting day for me, working hard in my yard, all I wanted was to relax and watch a nice Dodgers win. The Dodgers had other ideas. But this is your team every day, Locked on Dodgers, and that means even the 50 or 60 times a year that they lose, and even in the loss, there's plenty to talk about. Unfortunately, some of it's negative, like Trace Thompson and Chris Taylor and you know Dustin May's off night, and uh, some of it's interesting, although inconsequential, like uh, – how close were we to see Mookie Betts play shortstop on Tuesday night? Anyway, all that is coming up on Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My co-host is Vince Samperio, although it's just me today. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. And uh, speaking of starting today, uh, today as I'm recording this on Tuesday, uh, Dustin May started for the Dodgers after two excellent starts against the D-backs to start the season. He had what looked like it was going to be a a rough start, and it ended up being pretty solid. I mean, he was uh, a couple outs away from getting a quality start and not even a bare minimum quality start. He went five and a third innings, allowed just two runs. Uh, unfortunately, those two runs were the first two batters of the game for the Giants. They both walked, and then Jock Peterson doubled them in, and uh, and the Dodgers didn't score any runs. And, I mean, the main story of tonight is the Dodgers didn't score any runs, and in their history as a franchise, their storied history of 140 years, they've never won a game in which they didn't score. And they're probably never going to. I'll go out on a limb. If the Dodgers ever win a game without scoring, I will eat my shoe. Uh, and, you know, so the story is the offense didn't show up. But Dustin May, uh, he's a story too because he was uncharacteristically uh, non-commandy. He, he, he couldn't throw strikes uh, and couldn't throw where he wanted to. And uh, even after the game, he basically said he didn't really settle down after the first inning. Uh, the Giants just started putting the few strikes he did throw in play. And uh, instead of, you know, fouling him, off, fouling him off, like the first batter of the game, Lamont Wade, he walked on the 10th pitch of the at-bat, I think. You know, he fouled off a bunch of pitches. If he had grounded out or flied out on one of those foul balls, uh, that changes the inning. And, you know, who knows what happens. Uh, but uh, so May almost chalked it up to to luck that he did better in his his last four and a third innings because when they swung at pitches in the zone, they put him in play and the Dodgers made outs on him. Uh, and, and so you could tell that May was frustrated after the game that he had been un unable to command the ball. You could tell he was frustrated when Dave Roberts came out to take him out. I didn't get any impression after the game that that frustration was with the decision to take him out. It seemed like May was frustrated with himself and probably in the moment. I mean, he's a competitor. He probably did want to stay in, but May seemed pretty realistic about the fact that he was, uh, he just didn't have it. 
on Tuesday night. And, and that's rough. And obviously if the offense has shown up, we, the story of this game would be, well, even on an off night for Dustin May, he gutted through five and a third, got himself the win. And, uh, you know, that would be the story. And I remember last year in the NLDS when uh, the Dodgers won the first game, even though Julio pitched and didn't pitch great. And I said to Vince, if the offense hadn't scored five runs, the story of this game would be, well, Julio picked a really bad time to have a bad start. Uh, but because the offense scored, the story was Julio did just enough to win and get the Dodgers off. And obviously the, the next few games, the offense didn't do enough to win. And that became the story. Julio had the worst start of any starter for the Dodgers in that series. And yet he was the only one to get a win. And, and you know, it, it's just how baseball works. And th that sounds condescending. You guys know how baseball works. You're watching a, or listening to a baseball podcast right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, when the offense shows up, the pitcher gets credit for a lot more than he does when the offense doesn't show up. And when you are in a situation where your team is not scoring, even those two runs, I mean, it may allowed two hits and had, I think he walked four guys. Uh, ultimately the, the next two didn't score. The first two did score, unfortunately. Um, but I mean, that baseball is such a game of inches. Like if he buries that little cutter to jock a little bit better, Jock swings and misses, and he gets out of that inning with no runs allowed. Who knows what the game would have been different? Uh, obviously, the final score was five to nothing because Evan Phillips had an uncharacteristically bad uh, inning. It gave up back-to-back -back home runs, including a two-run homer. Uh, the first one that was frustrating. I, I'm not going to get into the umpires again, but Brian Knight was bad, and uh, that home run was frustrating for me because the first pitch to David VR was a perfect slider right at the knees, perfect pitch, and Brian Knight called it a uh, a ball. And so the next pitch, Phillips threw it a little higher, and that turned into a hanger, and it went over the ball in center field. And, uh, you know, I, I do like Brian Knight's name because it's kind of like Brian McKnight, and I, I like that song that, uh, that he sang back in the 90s, Back at One. If you don't know it, check it out. YouTube search for uh, Brian McKnight, Back at One. Real good song. But not till you're done here, okay? We're your first listen, not him, not Brian McKnight, and definitely not Brian Knight. Uh, so, you know, rough inning for Evan Phillips, but ultimately the, the pitching was fine in this game. It was, you're going to have off nights. And I was impressed that Dustin May got through it, uh, even though he thinks it was kind of, you know, luck or he didn't say luck, but basically he didn't feel like taking a lot of credit for, for bearing down and pitching a lot better in the last four and a third innings of his outing. Uh, but for me, I mean, that's what you need your great pitchers to do is even when they don't have their stuff, get you through. I mean, ideally would have got through six innings and maybe in a, if the offense had showed up, May would have gone six innings because they, they took him out because Jock was coming up again. But May was only at 77 pitches. Uh, and, and so he easily could have finished that inning, but it was a 2 nothing game. The Dodgers had to, you know, you couldn't put him in a position to put them deeper in a hole. And so you know, it made sense to go to the bullpen. And I, I'm not saying it was the right decision uh, because as you know, if you're an everyday or you've probably heard me say, uh, I don't believe there are very many right and wrong decisions that managers make. I think everything's on a spectrum. And I think that uh, taking Dustin May out there definitely fell under perfectly reasonable, especially, you know, understand that he just didn't have command. And so you'd hate to hang one to jock and turn it into a four nothing game uh, really quick when, when Dustin May is getting tired and so, you know, it made sense to me. Uh, 
all in all, it, it was frustrating uh, because Dustin May has pitched so well. Uh, we did see, you know, the, the Giants stacked their lineup with lefties too. Not quite as much as the D-backs did, but still a lot of lefties. But he did throw his uh, his curveball uh, a couple times to righties. And so, you know, we, we talked a little bit about that last week. Uh, I don't know that we have a ton of data. It's something we'll have to watch all season more than on each individual start. But all in all, I wish Dustin May had gotten better results and that those results would have come from the offense showing up. So I'm going to come back in a minute and I'm going to talk about two of the reasons that the offense keeps not showing up. So uh, thank you for being an everydayer with us, making us your first listen. And please keep it locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodge your first listen every day. Uh, you've heard me use the phrase everydayer uh, a couple times this episode. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for everydayers, you know, and if you're not watching, here's something I learned on, on Tuesday. Our average listener only catches about four and a half episodes per month, and we do anywhere between 20 and 23 episodes per month. Which means our average listener has listened to less than a quarter of the episodes that we do. Uh, and, you know, I understand an everyday podcast is a lot. And, and you know, I, I know there are a lot of you who do watch or listen every day because we people reach out to me, uh, say, hey, I've been watching you guys every day. I've been listening to you every day. I love your show. And, and I appreciate that. If you're not an everydayer, join this exclusive club. And the cool thing about being an everydayer is, it can start right now. You know, if you haven't watched or listened every day, that's okay. Starting now, as Hugh Jackman saying in The Greatest Showman, from now on, uh, what's waited till tomorrow starts tonight. Uh, and by tonight, we mean this morning because we are your first listen every weekday morning. And so please join the Everydayer Club. If you are an Everydayer, love to hear from you in the podcast and uh, the YouTube section down below, comment section. Uh, let us know if you're an Everydayer. Uh, if you listen on the podcast, love to hear from you through social media. Uh, how, how long you've been listening? How often do you listen? And if you're not an everydayer, try to add, you know, a few days a month. Start off slow. I don't expect you to go from four and a half episodes a month to 23, but, you know, go from four and a half to nine, double it. No easy peasy. Uh, so be an everydayer with us because, you know, we're going to be here every day. And uh, other guys who are here every day, seems like Chris Taylor has been in the lineup every day. Uh a lot of that was because Miguel Rojas was hurt. He's back uh, in the lineup now. Uh, so Taylor is not getting as much playing time, but he's still getting a lot of playing time. On Tuesday, he played third base. Uh, Max Muncy got the day off. That was scheduled before Muncy had a huge game on Monday night. And I did see some consternation on social media about uh, Dave Roberts not changing his plans. Uh, you know, Roberts joked after Trace Thompson's three-homer game earlier this year, that if you hit three home runs, you get to play the next day. And Max only hit two. And so, you know, one more home run, and he would have been in the lineup probably. Uh, but overall, I kind of like that Dave Roberts sets a plan and sticks with it, especially at this point in the season. 
you know, the, the rationale for giving Muncie a day off doesn't change just because he had a good game on Monday. Uh, I don't, I don't think I believe in momentum as much as some people do uh, when it comes to baseball uh, momentum within a game. Maybe I don't know that momentum game to game really, really means that much. You know, every hitting streak ends and most hitting streaks end at one or two games. Uh, you know, you can have a great game and then a bad game. And uh, you know, if you had sat instead of having that bad game, everybody was saying he should have played. He had a great game the day before he would have been great. And it's one of those things where we can never know, what would have happened otherwise? And so maybe Max Muncy would have hit three home runs if he had played, but maybe Alex Wood, Alex Wood was pretty tough on Tuesday night and uh, he's a tough lefty and Muncy hits lefties just fine, but it doesn't mean that he hits every lefty just fine every day. So, you know, we don't really know. And the rest and all of those other reasons to give Muncy a day off made sense. So it made sense to have Taylor in the lineup, but who doggy man, he is struggling. He He's striking out about the same amount as he did last year. And last year there were injuries and everything. And this year, I mean, he's had a couple big hits, had a couple home runs. Uh, and we, we've we've heard this song before with Chris Taylor, with Cody Bellinger, with so many guys. Well, they'll have a big game. You think, oh, good, he's back. And then he's not. And, you know, it was Jock Peterson for years. It was Cody Bellinger for years. It's been Chris Taylor for a couple of years now. And what do those, those guys all have in common? They strike out a lot, especially, I, mean, I remember in 2018 talking about having Jock and Cody back-to-back in the lineup. And yeah, they had potential to hit home runs, but they also had potential to kill a lot of rallies by not putting the ball in play. And we saw that when the Dodgers had bases loaded, nobody out in this game, and Chris Taylor struck out. And then uh, James Outman, he had to face Scott Alexander. It's a tough at bat. Uh, and didn't get the job done. He hit a weak grounder back to the pitcher, uh, and you'd hope for more there. At least he put the bat on the ball, you know, and then Miguel Rojas struck out, which he doesn't do a lot, but uh, yeah, just uh, being down two to nothing and getting bases loaded nobody out and not being able to even get one run in, it's just a, a, a backbreaker. And that starts with Chris Taylor striking out, like, you do anything there and they get a run basically. Uh, even if you hit into a double play, you get a run because there's nobody out. Uh, and so there's so many different ways to get a run in with nobody out and bases loaded. And the one way not to get that run in is to strike out. Excuse me one second. Sorry about that. Uh, these solo episodes, you know, I, I mentioned before, uh, when Vince is talking, I can just, you know, mute my mic and I can cough. But uh, I, I said, it's been a long day. I was out in the sun all day, hauling dirt, scooping dirt. And uh, it's finally got nice weather here in Utah and uh, and my body's feeling it. Uh, but I, I don't know what the answer is because you can't pick and choose. That's the thing about baseball is you come up to bat when your spot in the lineup comes up. And most of the time when they get baseball with nobody out, it won't be Chris Taylor coming up. But kind of a, I'd say there's a better chance of it being him than some other guys just because he has a worse chance of being one of the guys on base. And so, you know, when you've got guys who get on base, uh, like Vargas, and, you know, I think this time it was Trace Thompson and J.D. Martinez. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's going to be Chris Taylor sometimes. And the only solutions are either he starts hitting or he doesn't play. 
and not playing isn't really an option. He still provides value defensively. He does work to give guys a rest. One of my big concerns is having him and Trace Thompson in the lineup at the same time. Uh, I know that Trace got a single in that inning, but Trace looked really bad in some of his other bats. And and part of the issue with Trace is that he's not hitting left-handed pitching. And if he is a face right-hander as part of a platoon, then he's the same exact role as Jason Hayward and David Peralta. And they don't have anybody to face lefties. Uh, you know, we talked the other day, they're going to let James Outman face some lefties, but like, you know, Chris Taylor was playing third on Tuesday, but a lot of the times, unfortunately it's going to be Taylor in left and trace in center against a left-handed pitcher. And those guys, both of them are striking out way too much. And it's not, you know me, I don't believe in overreacting to early season losses or wins. Uh, I believe that, uh, you know, the Dodgers, even in their best seasons last year, they lost 51 games. I refuse to be upset 51 times in a six month span. It's not in my nature. Uh, I save all of that frustration and passion for October. I, my passion for baseball during the regular seasons, I love watching a baseball game. Even this game that sucked and was stupid. I still would have rather watch this game than, than watch, I don't know, a football game or, uh, you know, and I know some of you guys like other sports too, and maybe I shouldn't have listed a sport. You know, I'd rather watch this than uh, sit on and watch Vampire Diaries for the eighth time with my wife. Um, you know, it, it's baseball. I love watching baseball. And one of the things I love about baseball is the long six-month season. And so I don't believe in overacting. And so when I'm talking about Chris Taylor and Trace Thompson striking out too much, I'm not talking about so far in these first two, 12 games of the season. I'm talking about the last year and 12 games, you know, uh, year and a half and 12 games, uh, you know, for Trace Thompson, it's, uh, since June of last year for Chris Taylor, it's since, you know, June or July of the year before they both strike out way too much and they need to get that figured out because having both of them in the lineup at the same time right now drastically increases your chances of killing rallies with non-productive strikeouts. And, you know, it's not necessarily a team-wide issue. And I, I I see people saying sometimes, well, they, they need to just watch Freddie Freeman, watch his approach. Well, Freddie struck out twice tonight too. Strikeouts happen. Uh, even a guy with as great a, a approach as Freddie Freeman is going to strike out sometimes. But more importantly, Freddie's a freak of nature. I don't believe that Chris Taylor or Trace Thompson have the ability to hit like Freddie Freeman. They're not that kind of hitter. Uh, Chris Taylor had to create himself. He had to change his entire swing. There's nothing natural about what Chris Taylor is doing. It's all a built swing. Doesn't mean it can't be successful, but it means, you know, Freddie Freeman is a naturally talented hitter. And so while Chris Taylor is thinking about X, Y, Z of the mechanics of his swing, Freddie Freeman does that naturally. And so he can just say, okay, I'm just going to shorten my swing. I'm going to put the bat on the ball. Uh, I don't think it's that easy for guys like Chris Taylor and Trace Thompson. Uh, and even Max Muncy, although we have seen, you know, Max has figured out again, though, it was another mechanical tweak. It wasn't a mental adjustment. It was a mechanical tweak. And these guys who are kind of self-made uh, manufactured hitters, it's going to be a mechanical thing. And so they can't just look at what Freddie Freeman's doing. Uh, but whatever mechanics need to get fixed, they need to get fixed because both of those guys are striking way too much. 
Trace is up to two hits since his three home run game now. Uh, so he has five hits on the year. Uh, and he hasn't played a lot. He, his numbers look fine right now, except for the strikeout rate. And my big concern, as I shared before here, is Trace Thompson's strikeout rate because last year his BABIP was unsustainably high. That's batting average on balls in play. It's not going to be that high this year. And when it comes down, uh, that batting, if Trace Thompson, you know, last year his BABIP was 389 or 393 or something like that, his career BABIP is 281. If his BABIP last year had been 281, he would have been so bad that the Dodgers would have cut him. That's the difference. He, the reason he was good last year was because he had a higher BABIP. And, and he hasn't shown anything that suggests that he is a sustainable high BABIP guy. It was the first time he's ever had a BABIP that high. And so he needs to cut down the strikeouts because the BABIP is going to be closer to 281 than to 389. Uh, that's just the fact of, of life. And if he doesn't cut down those strikeouts to increase the number of balls in play, you can get away with a 281 BABIP if you are putting a lot of balls in play. But when you're not putting many balls in play and you're only getting on in, on 28% of those, you are unplayable. And uh, Trace isn't necessarily to the point of being unplayable yet. But I tell you what, having him and Chris Taylor in the lineup at the same time is really, really hard for me as a Dodger fan. And I hope they get it figured out. I do like both guys. I want them to get it figured out. Uh, I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about just a couple little random thoughts about this game, uh, including how close were we to seeing Mookie Betts playing shortstop. So thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. Pro Baseball GM is a super cool game. Uh, you know, it you, lets you act like a major league GM. You get to run your own franchise with everything that goes along with that. Hiring coaches and staff, scouting and drafting players, signing for agents, managing your budget, dealing with, you know, ups and downs and difficult personalities and injuries and all that stuff. And it's all done in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. So you can play on the go as you want and when you want to. We've been doing a, a group with the Locked On MLB hosts, and, and it's a ton of fun competing with those guys. Gives us a little bit of a bragging rights, and you can set up a group and play with your friends. It's the same way, and it, it's totally free. And you can do some cool uh, boosting, and Locked On Dodgers listeners get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com or you can scan the code on your screen if you're watching on YouTube right now or you can look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. I uh, encourage you again to become an everydayer and let us know if you are. Uh, let's join that club and let's... Uh, we love talking Dodgers with you guys, and it's especially fun when there's people, some of the same people, you know, we, we hear, I get messages on social media from listeners who I, I've developed, you know, friendships with because they listen to the podcast or they watch the podcast and uh, we've met up at Dodger games. It's a ton of fun. And I hope you will join that group of everydayers. Uh, last thing I want to talk well, two things, really uh, kind of random thoughts, uh, you know, Larry King type musings on this game. My first thought was uh, obviously the Dodgers were unlikely 
to come back in the top of the ninth inning. They were down five to nothing. Camilo Duvall was pitching and uh, he's very good. Although I did have the thought while he was pitching, what if they just never swung? Like, I'm not convinced that Camilo Duvall has ever thrown three pitches in the strike zone to one hitter in one at bat. Don't know that's ever happened. Don't know that it ever will. And we saw, like, Freddie Freeman, that was very clearly his approach, that last at bat. Uh, he was like, I'm not going to swing. Duvall did get two strikes on him. And then he, you can't really justify just leaving the bat on your shoulder in a full count. Uh, but if he had, he would have walked because Duvall threw a pitch out of the strike zone and Freddie chased it. And, you know, like, I honestly believe, and Outman hit the ball hard. Uh, and, you know, that easily could have been a hit. Jason Hayward chased. If he hadn't taken the bat off his shoulder, he would have walked. Fred, uh, Mookie Betts then walked. Freddie Freeman, if he hadn't taken the bat off his shoulder, he would have walked. Will Smith then could have walked. Like, you know, and, and I'm not saying this is a viable, so I'm not saying it's what they should have done. I'm saying the like the random, uh, wouldn't that be funny kind of part of my brain thinks, why don't they just do that against Duvall one of these times? Just, okay, Camilo Duvall's in, let's just not swing. And see what happens. You know, it could be infuriating. Maybe that's when he would find his command and he would strike out the side. Uh, but chances are we get a few walks and put a little pressure on him. And uh, obviously in a 5 nothing game, they weren't going to put much pressure on him anyway. Although wouldn't it have been fun to see eight straight walks to tie the game? That's my idea of fun. Like it, there was that game against the D-backs in 2019, I believe. Uh, when when Greg Holland came in, I think he got the first two outs and then he walked four guys in a row to allow the Dodgers to tie the game. And then Cody Bellinger came up and he walked fifth straight walk. The Dodgers walked it off, went from down one to winning by one. Uh, and I remember ball three to Cody almost hit him. And then he's like, you can see on his face, why did I jump out of the way? Uh, I should have let it hit me. But then he walked anyway. And, uh, you know, that that was a fun game. Uh, I wouldn't want every game to be like that, but it would be really fun to beat the Giants on eight straight walks. That's all I'm saying. The other thing that I'm saying is if the Dodgers had come back, Mookie Betts probably would have played shortstop in the bottom of the ninth inning because Chris Taylor had been pinch hit for in the eighth inning and Miguel Rojas was pinch hit for in the ninth inning. They're the only two shortstops on the Dodgers roster. And so somebody, if the Dodgers had come back, and, and obviously part of this is, Nobody really believed they were going to. And so it, it's a, uh, it doesn't matter. It, it's a uh, no consequence to pinch hitting for Rojas there, but stranger things have happened. Teams have come back from bigger deficits than that. I remember watching the Dodgers face the Phillies back in uh, 89, somewhere between 89 and 91. And I think the Phillies scored either they were down by 12 or they scored 12 runs in the ninth inning to beat the Dodgers. And uh, it was ridiculous. There was errors. There was stupid crap. Uh, things happen. It could have happened. And I think Mookie Betts would have been the shortstop because Jason Hayward pinch hit for Miguel Rojas. Hayward can obviously only play the outfield. At that point, the other two outfielders were David Peralta, who can only play the outfield, and James Outman, who can only play the outfield. The only guy left on the bench was Austin Barnes. And uh, Barnes is a catcher who has played some second base. Uh, but really... It would have been either Mookie Betts, you know, put Jason Hayward in right and move Mookie to shortstop, or it would have been Austin Barnes, you know, leave leave Mookie in right, just don't put Hay Hayward into the game and put Barnes in short. And I think Mookie makes a lot more sense than Barnes at shortstop. 
That would have been fun. Like, imagine if the Dodgers come back, they take a lead, a huge rally. Uh, they they score six runs to take the lead, or even better, score five runs to go to extra innings or to, to tie it and go to the bottom of the ninth with a chance to go to extra innings. And you have Mookie Betts playing shortstop for the first time in his Dodger career. First time in his major league career, I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure he hasn't played shortstop since a couple games in rookie ball. Uh, let's see. He has never played a game at shortstop in the major leagues. And I, yeah, I think the last time that he did was his very first season rookie ball, uh, the Gulf coast league. He played one game at shortstop. He had six chances, made three errors. And, uh, and, oh, and then that was 2011. The next year with Lowell and the, the New York Penn league, uh, he played 13 games at shortstop, 72 chances, six errors. So much better uh, percentage. Uh, still not great. His feeling percentage went from 500 to 917, which is still bad. Uh, played one, two, two innings at shortstop in the Arizona Fall League in 2013. Hasn't been at shortstop since. That would have been fun. Like, and, you know, I don't know. Not much was going to make that game fun because the Dodgers didn't score and the pitching struggled. But scoring five runs or six runs in the top of the ninth and seeing Mookie play shortstop, that would have been fun. Let's do that next time, Dodgers. K. Okay? Beyond that, you know, it's one of the games you just put it put aside. Dodgers still have a chance to win this series. They're not going to sweep every series, obviously. Hopefully, they're not going to lose many series like they did to the D-backs. But if they come out, we've got Kershaw going. Uh, if the Dodgers can win this game, they win the series, head back home on a high note, and and all in all, we'll take that. It, it, it's still a disappointing road trip, but you know better than it could have been. Win the series. All you can do is win the series you're playing. So do that on Wednesday, Dodgers. Let's get a win, get out of here, get back home. And uh, all of you, I want to thank you so much for watching and listening to Locked on Dodgers. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. And please, again, join the Everyday Club. Become an Everydayer with us. And uh, we we don't repeat ourselves a lot. Sometimes we do. Uh, we understand that not everybody watches every day, and we try to kind of balance it where we we don't want you hearing the same stuff every day when you're listening. Uh, but, you know, sometimes we know that not everybody does listen every day. I think we do a pretty good job of balancing that. And uh, one thing you can do as an Everydayer, if we know you're listening every day, shoot us your topic ideas, your questions. We're going to do them. You know, there, there's so much to talk about with this Dodgers team with baseball in general. We love it. So please become an everyday or watch or listen every day. Uh, and like I said, don't got to go cold Turkey to every day, you know, double your, your days, a add a couple a week. And uh, you know, pretty soon you'll be an everyday -er and we would love having you. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at locked on Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Samperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow.